What's up, good people? Um, welcome to the Poor Vera podcast. Very excited to have not only one of the most successful business people in New York, but a close friend, um, John Seymour from Sweet Chick. We discussed his pre-Sweet Chick life. We discussed his vision for Sweet Chick. We discussed how the Nas partnership came along, and we discussed hip-hop in New York City. Hope you enjoy the show. Peace. John, thanks for being on. I know you're super busy. Um, family, travel, you just got back in town from across the water. Yep, yeah. um, we'll definitely get into Sweet Check in a second, <laughs> but I actually want to have a funny story to tell you um, about. I want you to tell our listeners about John pre, John Seymour pre Sweet Chick, right? And before you go there, I've told you the story before. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm, you're catching me off guard, <laughs> good, but I'm, good, I'm with you. I'm good, with you. Good, good. <laughs> I had a. Um, I won't say the person's name that Mav and I were meeting with. Very respected guy in New York. And I'd come a little late to the meeting, and Mav's like, yo, what's up? And I dapped Mav up and dapped the guy up. And Mav's like, yo, where you coming from? And I said, uh, Mav recorded my business partner. And I said, oh, I came from meeting John Seymour. And Mav goes, oh, from Sweet Chick? And I said, yeah. And the guy that we're meeting, he goes, wait, John Seymour from Sweet Chick? And I said, yeah, why? You know him? Oh. He goes, that guy was the real deal back in the day. <laughs> you have a brother? You have a brother. Yeah, yeah, so he goes, him and his brother yeah. were the real deal. And I'm like, no, he still is the real deal. He's a good guy, man, stand-up guy. He goes, no, 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 no. He goes, when you saw him and his brother walking down the street, you crossed the street. I can't imagine. Like, I know you family, man. I'm a nice I guy. You. I'm, a, the, I'm a wholesome <laughs> dude. As I try to tell yes. my crew at work, I'm like, yes. I'm a wholesome guy. Hey, I saw the fear in that grown-ass man's eyes. Tell me John Seymour pre-Sweet Chick. What's... what's John Seymour growing up? Um, I mean, John Seymour growing up is, you know, a middle class dude. You know what I'm saying? My parents are immigrants. They're both from Ireland. Um, my father was a bartender, you know. So I guess, I don't know. I know what, what, that, what that means to me is like uh, at, at that age and growing up in New York was like tough white boy, you know. Mm -hmm. um, Irish Americans were really very uh, proud of our uh, heritage and we always we kind of I grew up in a bar pretty much so like you're kind of around that type of element very middle class um, but still in New York City so you're kind of diversified with everybody yep. um, but yeah I'd say like that John Seymour was definitely a wild boy <laughs> <laughs> you know um, this John Seymour you're talking to right now um, I've been sober for like 16 years so wow. You know, drugs and alcohol played a part in, in my story for for real, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm not shy about that. I talk about that. It's 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 just normal. It's very regular to me. Mm -hmm. um, so you've been clean 16, 16 years. Wow, good yeah, for you. That's huge, years. man. So wow. Um, I don't think I've gone sixteen, <laughs> maybe hours. <laughs> Definitely not days. I know. Wow, you good know, for you. You man. know, but like I'll say the the, the beauty. Uh, I mean, you know. I think an interesting thing about me, I know all types of people that are sober, not sober, whatever, regular, you know, people. I'm I'm one of those people that is able to kind of just be on different levels mm -hmm. as other people get on levels. So mm -hmm. like constantly people hit me up, like people that even know me from like when I got sober or like people that know they're like, yo, are you all right? And I'm like, cause like they saw like an, a video of me and somebody's Instagram, like turn, like whiling, like mm -hmm. throwing dollar bills in the air like you know what i'm saying like just really wild he must be off the wagon yeah so they're yeah. like you know i'm like you know i probably if i'm depends who i'm hanging out i'll probably be super contact high because there's mad mm -hmm. l's around me mm -hmm. but yeah i can i can just kind of elevate 
naturally, I think. So I think probably young John that we were talking about, when I introduced those extra substances, I was extra. Got it. You know? Got so, it. Now that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. What was your last, I'm using air quotes, what was your last yeah. job before Sweet um, Chick was created? So before Sweet Chick was created, Sweet Chick now is around about six years. Wow. In February, I think it'll be six years. Before that, um, I had a burger spot in Williamsburg. Okay. So like before I, John, the businessman, so the burger shop was my first um, thing. We can talk about that later or not. But um, before that, I was a bartender. Okay. Um, I was working in nightlife. Um, so th- my first, my last job actually was probably working at Stereo um, as a bar, the as club. a bartender, the club yep. Stereo. Um, I was like the service bartender, like the only, you know, you go in there, I'd be like the only dude behind the bar. You Got know it. what I'm saying? Bartending. Got it. Um, so that was what, but I've held many a job in my day. Yeah. I'm kind of a jack of all <laughs> trades, master <laughs> you, of You mine. know what's interesting? I think one of the many things that, that made us cool is I think we have similar, which is what I love about New York. You have similar but different backgrounds, yeah. right? And I think about like my upbringing, if I would have told my parents that I had a job working at a nightclub, bringing in money to pay my rent they'd be like okay you like you did you made it yeah, like, yeah, you're yeah, successful yeah. you're providing yeah. for yourself you know um what gave you the the thought or the confidence or what was that moment when you said you know what i want to go and create something and be a business owner and have my own thing like did you have examples yeah. of that around you like, um, what was that? yeah it's interesting because i think the first moment where I realized I wanted to be a businessman and own a business, my father was a bartender, right? And, um, you know, I think one of his big regrets in life was, we, you know, we were almost raised in Ireland. He, he was going to buy this bar in Ireland and we were going to move back um, mm. to Ireland. So it like, could have been a very different life. But me and my brother used to lie in school um, and say my father owned the bar. It was like the neighborhood bar, the Irish right. bar, you know? So, like, we used to lie. So... That came from somewhere weird, like a weird yeah. place where like I felt like there was some kind of thing that like made me want to say that my father owned the bar mm-hmm. and probably with my, within myself, I wanted to become a businessman. But like I'd say the first time I really recognized that like I want to be the boss was I was an electrician before I started bartending. Actually, I was an electrician in Queens and um, my boss, I mean, I tell the story to like all my old friends and stuff. I remember like my boss had clean ass Tim's um, and a Jeep. Uh, Jeep Cherokee, you know, mm-hmm. like a new version, new model or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, this is out in Howard Beach. And um, I remember being like, I want to be him. He had the new Nextel phone, like the, the dope version, clean Tim's always, and the new car. And he would just show up on job sites and be like in and out. And I was like, I want to do that. So at, like that was like 24 years old. I'd never been to college. I went to John Jay College for a semester at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was when I at first was like, I want to pursue this business. So I've kind of just like, was like, how do I do that? So I, the fastest way to, for me to get my electrical license was to get a college degree. Got it. it would take seven years on the job, but if I went and became an electrical engineer, um, it would have uh, sped that up by four years. Got it. I lasted a semester. Got it. But whatever. There's a story, um, I don't remember where it originated from, but there's a story a guy tells about his dad working at a plant for 25 years. And it says that, like, on his 25th year, he finally gets to meet, like, the head of the plant. He calls him in to, like, give him, like, a bullshit watch or something. Yeah, yeah. him 25 years. And he said his dad got home, and what should have been a, cel- a celebratory moment was a sad moment. He said his dad was really down. And he, he hears his mom ask him, what's wrong? You should be, like, in a great mood. And he says, I met 
you know, the CEO of the company today. And she's like, and what did you see? What did you think? And he's like, nothing. He's not any more special, any smarter, anything than I was. He just believed in himself and took a different course and how different our lives could have been back then, right? So I always think of that story like when I think of like entrepreneurship and yep. and kind of taking that first step. Um, so like even, you know, we're saying our backgrounds, like our dads were like workers and yeah, work yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and all yeah, yeah. that. And that was a, making an honest living and, yep. you know, I'm providing. Um, so you make the decision you want to own, be an owner, right? And I think we live in a generation now more than ever that everyone wants to be a boss, yes, right? That, yeah, yeah, for sure. There's a difference between saying I want to be a boss and saying, okay, this is what the fuck I'm going to yeah, do. Yeah. How do you get there? How do you get to I'm doing so this? Yeah, being, yeah, like you said, it's like I think we're in it in an in this the Instagram era or mm-hmm. whatever it is where you just see the final product. Yep. Um, and it comes in stages, you know, and then like I'll, I'll explain it to people sometimes where I'm like, oh, during these stages, it's almost as if your mind gets unlocked, you know what I'm saying? Like before you had $100, you didn't know what it was like to have $100. Mm-hmm. Before you've done this, you, you just don't, don't know. And then once you do it, you got to go do it. It can't necessarily be like taught to you without the experience, mm-hmm. a lot of things. Um, and I think, I'm just trying to remember like when, um, you know, when I was like taking that leap to open my first business, which was the burger shop, mm-hmm. was like ended up being that. Um, I remember just being like, yo, I just got to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, because it's interesting, as you're thinking through that, to give you some time yeah. to think about it, it's like, I, I always say like, shit, my producer Eric can tell you, it's like, I asked him one day, I texted him, I'm like, yo, how do podcasts work? And he's yeah. like, well, it's this and that. I'm like, I want to do one. He's like, all right. I'm like, I want to do one tomorrow. He's like, yeah. all right, let me look up some shit, right? And if I went back and heard the first podcast I did, I'd cringe, right? Yeah, it was yeah, terrible, yeah. but it's yeah, like, yeah. I think we live in an era where people spend so much time on a business plan and so much time on like, well, if I do this, what's this mean this? And how do I get a store? And if I get the store, what's this? And employees? And it's like, you no, gotta just make start. Mistakes. Like, just start. Yeah, just start yeah. and you'll figure that, and you just alluded to it. You'll figure that shit out as you go along. Yeah. Um, I think I think you have to, you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. What you got to be aware of is not repeating those mistakes yep. and learning from those mistakes, you know? And then next time having a little bit more vision to see past and, and try to avoid future mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you do have somebody, a mentor or something like that, obviously you can always bounce things off. Um, I never had that, and I'm still looking for one. Mm-hmm. Um, PR, if you're accepting. <laughs> if Shit, you're I'm accepting, learning from you. If you're accepting uh, applications. <laughs> I, I think that's one of the dope things, and I learned this honestly from Mav. It's like you can have mentors that are older than you, younger than you, the same age, you know, in your field, in different fields, and you can learn from people's mistakes just as much from their successes, right? Yeah. So I may not be in the restaurant business, but I may be like, John, when you did this, man, what were you thinking? Like, what was what was the toughest thing when you did this? And you're like, oh, that's easy. I, you know, and we can all learn from each yeah, other. Yeah. And I think the goal is that as you've built a business or businesses, or I've built businesses, it should be easier for the people within our network because they're learning from our mistakes, right? So I shouldn't fall through the same potholes you fell through because yeah. you're like, Pete, trust me. You make a left turn on that, there's a pothole there in the For corner. For sure, having good people in your corner that can kind of advise you on that thing. But like also with the mentorship um, or learning from friends, it's like it's it's not like a go get a mentor, you're going to make it. Like right, you right. got to show up and yeah. do this. You know, yeah. you have to use your, your mind. You have to be creative. You have to solve problems. Um, you know, I'm just literally looking at a brick wall over here and I'm, I'm thinking of things that like, the problem, tons of problems that I've had to yeah. overcome just with the Sweet Chick business over the past six years. And like um, Kyle, who works with me in the office, you know, Kyle, yep. um, he'll say sometimes like about my style, it's like I might look, try to look over the, over the brick wall mm-hmm. to the side, to the left. I might try to dig the hole, but eventually I'm just breaking the fucking yeah. wall. Yeah. Like I'm just going to 
it, you have to have a certain level of determination and people are going to say no and things aren't going to work out and you're going to try to find a million ways around a problem. Sometimes you just got to go head first right through the problem and believe that, you know, either you're going to get on the other side or you're going to die trying. You know what I'm saying? Basically, no, I it's love like, it. I love it. I, you know, you just mentioned problems, right? As with any business or even life, there's yeah. always going to be problems. Again, I hate I hate to sound like the old guy that I am, but it's and shit on like the Instagram generation and whatnot. But it's like I think everyone sees the Instagram post, of course, right? So they see you in front of Sweet Chicken, like man, Perfect he's life. doing. I want to be him, yeah. right? Perfect life. What could you? What if you can share? What's been maybe one of or the biggest hurdle you've gone through, like in creating or just even sustaining? Yeah, Sweet Chicken? Um, I mean, there's there's definitely levels, um, right? So like at every level, the problems become different. Um, you know, I'd say. Not not early, but like uh, I did a I did a raise to open the last three stores, right? Mm-hmm. So like we went from like a a, a a business that had two restaurants, you know, they were kind of thriving, and I was doing a raise. I mean, even that in itself, I've never done that in my yeah. life. Um, you know, I called the homie whose mom did the books for somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you like figured it, it out. Yeah, it, it fig- I, I figured it out. I did a lot of googling, um, and uh, and. I'd say like there was just this one problem because I know it was something that probably took a year off my life at some stage. But at while I was raising that um, that capital and I had some you know notable people that were interested in investing, um, behind the scenes I had a problem with a landlord, mm. right? So this is something that you know people they, they see me posing in London, you know, with a with a, what I think is a dope fit. They, <laughs> they don't realize like the things that I have had to yeah. deal with, right? Yeah. Or like what I'm going through even at that moment. So. What ended up happening was like our flagship location, the first location in Williamsburg, the landlord there found a loophole in the lease, you know, technically, you know, he wanted more money, basically. Um, so he found a loophole. So we were going to court <clears throat> and I had these lawyers and they were like, you know, 50, 50. It's a 50, 50 chance that he can essentially evict you. Uh, it's commercial leases. This is a whole nother thing. It's not yeah. like, uh, you know, uh, rent control apartments right. and stuff like that. It's like, you know, you pay or you pay and that's it. Right. But um, we were great tenants. We never really had any issues. This is a landlord who out of the blue um, you know, just kind of was like, I'm going to fuck you today. And it was in the middle while I was trying to raise this, this money and trying to take the business to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, saw the guy on the street. He didn't even want to talk about it. And I was like, let's just talk. Like, what, what is it? Is it more money that you want? Because let's have that conversation. But he's lucky he didn't see young John Seymour in the streets. Um, he almost saw young John Seymour. <laughs> yeah, Let me I tell you. I'm sure. This is a moment where I was this is like. your livelihood. I get it. You know, this is in the year 2000 something. And, and this is, I mean, I'm 100% serious with you. Like, the conversations that I've had with people during that time was like, I wish this was the 90s. But actually, I wish it was the 50s. Because if it was the 50s he'd be fucking dead. You know what I'm saying? Like, it would just like, I'm like, cause you're, you're trying to take food out of my kid's mouth. Literally. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? At this moment, that's yeah. how I'm, I'm taking it personally. So anyway, um, you know, long story short, we got very close to the date. I had to go, I was about to go do a deposition, um, ran into the guy's son on the street. Um, my wife was like, I was going to, I'm going to go talk to the son. It was like the last ditch effort. Like I'm literally going to court tomorrow. Um, my wife was like, why would you even talk to him? Like, they're fucking, he's a scum fuck or whatever, right? And yeah. I said, what am I going to do? What else am I going to do? I said, anything I do with violence or anything I do, like, with coming from anger, it can't help me here. Yep. It just can't help me. So I walked up to the kid, and I was just super cool. And I was just like, yo, man, you know, your pops is kind of wild. It, you know, it is what it is. We're supposed to go to court tomorrow. And, and a little crack opened because I was kind of being friendly. A little crack opened. And he was like, 
you ever heard of a triple net lease? And I was like, nope. And he goes, it could be something my father would be interested in. I said, well, let's talk more. Mm. Boom, boom, boom. He's called his father the next night. His father calls off the dogs. We don't go to court the next day. And we continue the conversation. And it was it's as crazy as that as it was like walking up and saying to, like literally saying to my wife, being like, you know, if it was the 50s, I'd probably kill everybody on the whole block. But <laughs> right now it's not. And I'm yeah. like, I, I can't, do, nothing, there's nothing I can do other than be cool and yeah. nice and just be like, it is what it is. This is life. This is business. Um, you know, and, and that little crack opened up for me and I saw that and I went and I went for it. And next thing I know, I'm re-signing a new lease. The rent was a lot higher. It made the deal work. I opened up three more restaurants since then. I got a whole bunch of other shit going on with the business as well. And I'm here. It's, it it could have killed it would have killed the deal. Wow. It would have killed the deal. It's it's always super interesting to me, right? Because as I hear you say that, people think like, wow, okay, it's a it's a problem you got to deal with. But what they don't realize is you still have to run a business. You still have to oh, be yeah, a family yeah, man. Yeah, you yeah. still While you're dealing with this shit, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. it's one of those things that people don't get. I, I've always respected um, well, a lot of things, you personally and, and as a businessman, but I've always respected how you've rolled with the punches. I remember um, there was an issue... Um, in the Lower East Side one, right? Yeah, where it's like, that it was was like a major gas or something, yeah. right? And it was gas like, leak, where most people would just bitch and moan, I've been done wrong, whatever. And you were like, no, 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 okay, how can we flip this? And it makes sense for us. I think it was like tacos, yeah. right? It was like yeah. tacos sweet, for a while. Right? Sweet Chica tacos. <laughs> sweet Chica tacos, right? So like, where? Go ahead. So, so, yeah, so the gas leak happened. This was a nightmare. This is another I nightmare. This is a more recent it. nightmare. Um, Gas leak happened, uh, long story short. We ended up sh having to shut the restaurant for four months. We didn't think it would have been even that long. Mm -hmm. If uh, Shout out to my brother Tim that I grew up with. Um, worked for Con Edison, and he definitely pulled some strings for me. Wow, but, um, but the four months could close a restaurant. You Absolutely. Know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, the staffing, you know, keeping staff on. So there's a whole number, number of things. People think, oh, so you just don't have to pay rent. It's like, no, no, no. no, no. How it works, yeah. My, 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 my payroll is fucking, yeah. it's, it's humongous yeah. for a restaurant, for one of our restaurants. Um, and I'm not trying to throw my people out on the street either because those are my most important assets. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so what we did was we flipped it. I was like, shit, we got no gas. We can put together kind of a makeshift uh, electric kitchen and we can do some, let's come up with a taco menu. And literally overnight, we came up with a bomb t fucking taco mm -hmm. menu. Had a party. Mm-hmm. Send out flyers. We, I had these. The funniest thing to me, which probably no one even saw, was I had these like Mexican wrestlers on the on the on the, <laughs> on the thing. But I, I tattooed like a, I put on just like in a little app, um, the Department of uh, of Buildings DOB because they were also <laughs> fucking me because he was getting like super fly stuff good. So I was like, you know, uh, you know, I was just kind of was a little bit f you to them, but yeah, no um, but yo, know, where's that come from? Where's it? Where's where's that spirit of like, all right, you give me lemons, I'm gonna go yeah. roll and fucking, I'm gonna figure this shit out. I have no other choice. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll tell you what, that is so key in business in general. I'm sure you've had to to, to do the same thing. Um, where does that come from? I think a lot of that probably just comes from like you know, inner upbringing, like kind of that, uh, to me, the immigrant life, like that, this, the child of an immigrant, um, you know, New York City hustle mentality um, really kind of can give you, give someone that, but I think it might also just be instilled in somebody. Um, you know, I've been through a lot of adversity in my life, you know what I'm saying? So like, I know that, you know, I know that, um, you know, you can get through things and you can see things on the other side, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I also think it's a little bit fun, you know what I'm saying? Like finding a creative solution to something whack mm -hmm. um, 
is a challenge and I'm up for the challenge, you know, like, I, I don't know what it's, it's hard to really pinpoint like where that really comes from, but you got to have it if yeah. you really want to succeed. Yeah. I look at it like as a leader, you know, of running any business, our job is to solve problems. Yeah. We're problem solvers. Right? It's like, so if you even start from the mindset of there's going to be problems, yeah. right? So you're not like, Oh my God, a problem I mean, yeah, that's, there's going to be, there's going to be problems. And my job and your job as a leader is how do we get hurdles how do we get roadblocks out of the people that work for us and with us and are the most important things we have in our yeah. business? How do we make sure we're setting them up for success? Yes. So that's like that. If you don't have that skill as yes. a leader, you're finished. Yes. You know, yes. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about a word that kind of <laughs> kind of makes me nauseous at this point. How overused the word is, but the word culture. Yes. Right. And I think there's a. I knew it was going to be that word or like influence. Yeah. Like oh my god, it's both like culture. What to throw up on camera right now? Yeah. Like. Um, you've built a business off of, you know, you're not just selling food in, in, you know, your establishments. You've built a business off everything from the offering, the staff, the physical space of the stores, the branding, it's culture. It's through yeah. and through, right? To a point where if I saw that somewhere else, I'd be like, oh, they're knocking off Sweet Chick, yeah. right? Why has that been important to you and, and how important has it been to your success at Sweet Chick? Um, I mean, I think first and foremost, I think it's like the hospitality aspect that I kind of derived from my father. Like he was a real dude in the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody was like, yo, Marty, you know, like he was just a bad dude. Um, but it's a huge, I mean, it's the most important part of like the, the brand itself and mm -hmm. the brand identity. Um, I think, you know, it, it's weird to say sometimes, but I'm like, I think it really derives from me just being mm -hmm. like, you know, I like to hang out on the street. It's one of my mm -hmm. favorite things to do and hanging out in front of the Bedford store in the beginning and just being cool, man, with people and like mm -hmm. knowing that like people's money is, you know, like, you know, somebody coming in to spend money in the restaurant is a big deal and it's, yeah. and it's not, it shouldn't be taken lightly. And if I'm gonna put my name on this place and be a part of this place, and I'm trying to create this place, I want it to be the dopest fucking place possible. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, there's there's so many different avenues that come off of just even that essential feeling. And it's like, what are like, you know, the five pillars of hip hop, right? What are the five pillars or six pillars or 10 pillars of the restaurant industry? And it's like, up at the top is food, hospitality, vibe. It goes down to lighting. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There's so many little different aspects. And it's like, how can we be amazing at each one of those, mm -hmm. you know, and then and, and consistent. Um, and it's just kind of like a drive to be great. You know, if we're going to do it, we should be great, you know. Um, and that's just like what we want are constantly trying to do. Like, I don't think that Sweet Chick as a brand is ever is ever like, OK, cool, we're done. Like, oh, we got the brand. Cool, we're done. It's like if we have to flip the script tomorrow because I think that this is going to be dope for us, then we flip it. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. if, if tomorrow we think like, you know, we have our brand identity, but it's like, if we think that like, yo, let's do this, it's going to be fun. Like we have a, a sign on our, on our wall. It's like, just do dope shit. Mm -hmm. So whatever we think is dope, let's fucking do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, it's as simple as that, but yeah. then as complicated as making sure that in every section of the business and every corner of the business, we can continue to kind of drive that and, and, and be that. Um, and it's attracting great people. Yeah, I think it's dope. It's like I can't think of any other establishment restaurant that has the success you guys have. That has multiple locations, which we'll get into in a second. But that you know, the face of the like you like you're not hard to find. Yeah, I'm. You know, you know 
you better not make enemies because if you have yeah. them, it'd be very yes. easy to get to yes. you, right? Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Um, but I feel like the brand literally is an extension of you, right? It, yeah. it feels everything you guys do from the merch to, you know, yeah. uh, you know, the tone in which you guys speak feels very you and your partners. Right? Yeah, I think yeah. it's like yeah. super dope. Um, speaking of dope, speaking of authentic, um, Esco, the godson, NAS, Nas. Yeah. How's that happen? How's Nas become... Which, for me, it's funny, right? Because we've kind of had this conversation. Yeah. I think, like, I know what a fan of hip-hop you are. I yeah, know what a fan of New York you are, right? So it yeah. doesn't get any more hip-hop, any yeah. more New York than yeah. Nas. How does that happen when he becomes a partner? And you know, with you know what's crazy? Because you said the word fan. And um, it's kind of bugged out. I've been thinking about this lately. Like, I don't necessarily consider myself, like, a fan, right? A fan of hip-hop. Okay. Or even a fan of New York. I'm from New York. And for me... I am like, to me, it's like, you can debate me all day, you know? And I'm gonna say, yeah, I'm part of that. Like, like I had a boom box and whatever was, the reason why I liked that music is because that's what was playing in the boom box that I was carrying around while I was smoking a blunt, you mm -hmm. know, in the street and that kid was crossing the street. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's not so much as I'm a fan, it's just like, that's just, na that's normal. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah, normal. No, totally get it. And the craziest thing that, you know, Esco is part of Sweet Chick, and, and and to use that word authentic, it's it really is crazy. I can constantly think I'm living my life as a movie or something because Nas is my favorite rapper. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. as he was also a lot of people's favorite rappers, mm -hmm. but like to honestly be able to say that and say like I love Biggie and Biggie has inspired a lot of like what Sweet Chick's hospitality side is about, which we can touch on, but. Biggie wasn't my favorite rapper. Nas is my favorite rapper. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, and 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 I don't think a lot of people can even say that. You know what I'm saying? Like, because people, because Biggie, you know, passed, and it's like such he's such an iconic figure yeah. to New York. But it's like, you know, I grew right. You know, I used to play baseball on the 59th Street Bridge too. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. One of my best friends is from Queensbridge. We used to, you know, used to walk over the bridge and we used to light an L by the bridge. So like, it's it's just so normal. So it's crazy that Nas is my partner, a sweet chick, and also. The homie, you know. How's that even happen? Do you get a phone call? So, you, uh, yeah, like, how's that yeah. Happen? So, I um, early sweet chick. We had just opened the Lower East Side, so that was our second restaurant. Shout, I out, got to, it, shout out to Les. Shout out to Les. Um, so, I got an email, and it was from Peter, who runs Mass Appeal. Mm -hmm. Peter Bittenbender, and I saw the signature Mass Appeal, and I was like, oh, you know. I'm constantly looking for things, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know, how, like that's the part of the drive that makes the business great or you good at what you do as a business owner. I saw Mass Appeal and I was like, I fuck with Mass Appeal. I knew the magazines, you know, I, like I used to write graffiti, all my friends wrote graffiti, so Mass Appeal was important to us. Um, and so I, he was asking to do a party for like 25 people for his like uh, anniversary. And we don't take reservations, we weren't taking reservations and we never really did parties at 25 people, but I was like, Yo, I see that, you know, you're from Mass Appeal. I said, oh, fuck with Mass Appeal. You know, I'll make it happen. So anyway, did that. Um, I was in, happened to be in the restaurant that night. It's funny, actually, like, when I really think back to it, I had an interview in the city with some, like, publication or something about the restaurant. And I had to stay in the Lower East Side to, to meet with these people and kind of have dinner with these people. And I was like, oh, that dude from Mass Appeal is going to be there. I was like, I just want to try to catch that on my way home because wow. I live in Brooklyn. <clears throat> so I stopped him. Turns out we had a mutual friend. There was a girl there that that uh, that worked with him that knew somebody that I grew up with or something like that, and we started talking. And Peter was like, "Yo, you know, Sweet Chick is dope, man. As I've been to the one on the Lower East Side, and he's like, you thinking about doing more of these?'" And I was like, 
I said, you know, we just opened the Lower East Side. I'm kind of tapped out, you know, but yes, I have a plan and I'm, you know, working on it. And he was like, oh, it's funny because he was like, man, getting getting money's no problem. And I was like, oh, shit, word. <laughs> I said, you got richer friends than me. <laughs> so anyway, we just kind of chopped it up that night. Uh, I had already had his info. It was like, let's just say this was a Saturday night. And uh, I was like, cool, I'll hit you up. So I think I hit him up on Sunday. You know, and then I was in Massville office on Monday and we're sitting at a table just like this. And he was like, yeah, man, I think, you know, Sweet Chick brand is really dope. You guys are doing something different. And I didn't even put it together that Nas was part of Mass Appeal, to right. be honest with you at the mm-hmm. time. And he was like, he goes, I think this would be something that Nas would be interested. And I acted totally normal. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't, you know, I was just like, word, I'm cool. <laughs> Meanwhile, in my head, I'm like, right, that's right. insane. I'm sure it's know? Nas. That's insane. And we had, we, you know, we had kind of had some other artists that, you know, I'll leave unnamed that had like kind of like floated some interest to us. Mm-hmm. Um, not even think that that was even a reality, but like we had talked about it. You know what I'm saying? Like been like, yo, what if this dude, that would be crazy. Or what if that dude, that would be crazy. So um, anyway, I left the office that day and I was bugging. I hit my homie or whatever. I was like, yo, it was like, yo, maybe <laughs> Nas would be interested or whatever. So anyway, I got a text later that night and he was like, yo, his friends have, have been there. Um, and they love it, um, he wants to meet you. So I was like, we're cool. So he goes, yo, hop on a plane, come down to South by Southwest, he's gonna be there. So go down to South by Southwest, meet him backstage, it's kinda hectic. Um, I'd become friends with Joey Badass already, he Mm -hmm. was kind of coming to the restaurant a lot, so he was like kinda like a little bro. And um, Joey was about to perform, and I saw Joey outside, we were, like Nas hadn't gotten there yet to the green room. So I'm telling Joey, I goes, yo, um, I'm fucking meeting Nas, man. (laughs) You know, this is like, you know, Joey was blowing, but he wasn't where he is now. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, shit, that's crazy. He's like, for the restaurant? I was like, yeah. Anyway, go backstage, really just like get introduced to him and kind of give him the little pitch. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, and I think what happened was like, I think Nas kind of recognized that I was a New York guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And we left it at that. Next thing I know, he's up in New York, maybe like a week or two later. Came, for, met me for dinner. We went to Sweet Chicken in Williamsburg. Um, sat there, just kind of chopped it up the whole dinner. Run the Jewels was doing a performance. This is a long story, right? It's no, you're long, good. It's a great. It's, it's, it's the good it, stuff. It's it, the good stuff. It's a crazy it's story. It's, it's a crazy story. Go ahead, please. So Run the Jewels is performing on the water down by Williamsburg, and the finals were on actually. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yes, yeah, LeBron, um, uh, Steph finals mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Golden State, State yeah. Cavs, yeah. And um, we were talking about it and. And I had lived around the corner at the time from the restaurant. So I was like, I said, yeah, man, you know, I said, if you want to go watch the game after whatever, I live around the corner, you know, no big deal or whatever. So anyway, he goes, yeah, I got to do this, this thing down the water if you want to roll down there. So we go down. He gets on stage with the Run the Jewels on Kent Avenue there by the water, does major look, gets off, and he's like, let's go watch the game. So I was like, oh, shit, word. I said, you got trees? He's like, nah, that's how I got you. And then, uh. And then I told Kyle, Kyle's with me. Mm-hmm. I said, yo, Kyle, get a, grab a bottle of Hennessy from the restaurant and meet me in my crib. <laughs> so then I called my wife and was like, um, my wife, I was like, uh, Nas is going to come upstairs to watch the game. <laughs> you know, she's in her pajamas. The kids are asleep. You know, the kids are asleep, you know, my, in my two-bedroom apartment. And, you know, and um, so we come up with Nas and, uh, we, you know, we're chilling, watching the game. During the game, a funny little thing, his Hennessy commercial comes on, where he's like on the train. I yeah. Remember. So it's like in the during the finals, and 
it's kind of silent, you know, like, like nobody's talking and we're just like, oh shit. And then he looked at me and he's drinking a Hennessy and it's a Hennessy commercial and there's like some smoke in the air and we're like, we all started laughing, <laughs> you know, it's just like, yo, this is, this is crazy. Um, so that was kind of how the friendship kind of started as well. Um, I think he really believed in what we did with the business and, you know, you know, he's always kind of talking about it. Um, you know, like we've done high conversations where it's like, he's, he'll say, it's like, yo, Sweet Chick was dope before I got there. What they were doing was dope before they got there. He's like, I just, I'm just like a, a battery in its back, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, we kind of just vibe very similar. I mean, mm-hmm. we've hung out, right? Yeah. We've hung out all together. Yeah, and that's my thing. Like, it's like, you guys aren't just, like, you guys are friends. Like, a, yeah, you guys yeah, hang yeah. out outside of yeah, Sweet yeah, Chick, and, you yeah. know, I think there's a respect there, and I think, um, you know, Nas is as New York as they get, you know, and you're in that same conversation. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, that dude is a cool dude, man, you know what I'm saying? He's not like, pressed for anything, right? Nah, he's just a he's, laid-back dude. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, and that's like, and that's, you know, it, why it's so crazy, the whole thing of it where I say, like, you know, he was my favorite rapper growing up, and you know, what our brand is. Like, we don't really try to force things, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, we're not trying to be really kitschy and be like, you know, let's, uh, you know, I have people tell me like, things all the time. They're like, yo, you should put up, like, photos of, like, all the artists from the 90s. And I'm like, nah, I'm good, <laughs> Maybe man. not. Like, Maybe I'll put up, like, some, like, you know, vegetables <laughs> on the wall. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, or a picture of a chicken or something. But, like, it's just, like, we're not trying to force anything. We're trying to just be real and be us. Um, and you know Nas is the epitome of that, yeah. man. He's like one of the just the coolest dudes on the planet, like, yeah. you know. So yeah, yeah. he don't force nothing. It's just speaking of not forcing anything, you guys, um, you guys. I don't know of any other restaurant doing it at all, and definitely not at the level you're doing it at. Collaborations with brands, yeah, right. That the average person will look and be like, not that it doesn't make sense, but be like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Like yeah. a, a yeah. sneaker, like yeah. Where, like, how'd that come about? So I'm trying to think of, like, to really what the first thing we did. But, like, that was just something that, you know, we've, like, again, it goes back to just do dope shit. So when an opportunity presents itself, you take it. Um, so I think one of the first ones we did that was, like, you know, kind of on a bigger scale was the Fila collab. It mm-hmm. was our first sneaker that we did. Um, and that just happened from, like, you know, New York shit. I was at Agenda, um, and I was just walking around, and uh, I ran into Juice, you know, Juice. Yep. Um, Shout out Juice. And uh, he introduced me to Louis Cologne from Fila. Yep. And Louis was like, I, I actually, I said, just said to him, I said, let's do a shoe. And he was like, word, let's see, let's talk. <laughs> and um, and that's and that kind of bubbled from there. So that was the Fila thing. And like, you know, it wasn't enough to just be like, hey, let's put our shoe, let's do it, let's do it differently. So I, you know, I did it, I did the drop at Stadium Goods when Stadium Goods had just opened. Um, shout out to them because they just sold for fucking $250 million. Awesome. That was they like gave, right. They gave all of us hope. They, they need to give me a cut because we, you know, we were making it hot like the first week hey, with that party. They, they gave all of us hope with that number. Yeah. So I had Rakim come. Rakim performed. Um, you know, that was just like really fun and just like energy. Like, it, and those those shoes sold out in like forty five minutes. That's it was dope. great. That's um, dope. We've done the the Vans re- yep. most recently. Um, but again, it all feels authentic to you guys. It doesn't feel like you're trying to move merch and no, you're trying to make no, money. No, I mean, I'll tell you, my, my, my like, you know, and, and this could be bad business, but like my thing is like when I talk to somebody, like I was just talking to, you know, doing a, working on a couple other projects. Mm-hmm. To me, I'm like, I might ask a brand, I'll be like, you guys got budget. Like I, I'm not trying to make money on it. My bread and butter is selling chicken and waffles yeah. and cocktails and, and, and the restaurant brand itself, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the value of the brand even. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
yeah, I'm not trying to make money on sneakers. I'm not, that, that, that's not what I do. I, I want to just, I'd rather whatever money we make, let's put it into the event. Let's do more stuff. Let's, yep. let's, let's just make, have fun with it. You know, like, yep. um, so that's kind of, that's what, that's where it is for me. When I talk to a brand, that's how I am. I'm like, this is not something for me to make money. There's two things, like two quotes I love. They asked Jay and Nas separately. Um, you know, what was the big secret to their success? And Jay said, you know, the genius and what we did was we didn't quit. I wish I had a sexier answer for you. Yeah, right? yeah, we yeah, just yeah. didn't quit. We just yeah, kept doing kept it. Going. When they closed doors, we tried to just, how do we yep. survive another day? And Bron always says something you just said. He's like, you know what? Like, no matter the opportunities, the money, the whatever, it's like, I keep the main thing the main thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, I the bread and butter is the bread and right? butter. Right, it's that. And, bec- and if you handle that, and yeah. if it gets most of your attention, dedication, you know, energy, resources, all that, all the other shit yes. comes with it, right? So, like, somebody like a Braun, I can imagine, right? It's like, if he's going to say, I keep the bread and butter where it's supposed to mm-hmm. be, that means that, like, okay, I got an opportunity, and, it, like, take Space Jam. Crazy opportunity, mm-hmm. right? I'm sure he's going to put 110% into that, but he's going to make sure he gets his workout in. Yeah, they built, that, they built the court for him on set. But that's what I'm saying, and that's that's yeah. what that's about. And, like, on a way more microscopic scale, you know, I'll have opportunities sometimes presented to me. And, and you know, as you as you start to grow, it's also you need to know what to say no to, mm-hmm. um, whether it's a t- TV thing or something else. And, like, you know, there's there's times where I'm like, I got to focus on my bread and butter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I got to build this brand. The minute you know? that slips up, the opportunities exactly. wash up. Exactly. Them. And also, like, you know, keep the focus, man. It's like, so to me, to show up to the gym is to go to the office. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And really, like, mm-hmm. you know, get get that grind on. You know, obviously, there's time for vacations and family yep. stuff. But, like, you know, anything that's really going to take my focus away, like, uh, a TV show traveling the country. It could be great for the brand, right? Yep. That could be great for the brand. It's a big look. It's a national thing. I mean, I'll be cooking on the Today Show this weekend anyway, so that's national enough. Light, light, this, like, like, like but, <laughs> but I'm saying like, you know, like something like that is demanding and it takes a lot of hours and you have to weigh out. Is it is that really worth it at this time? Yep. Because I got something special here and, I'm, and I have a plan and I need to make sure that I execute that plan. Yep. So, you know, obviously on a way more smaller scale. Than no, but it's all relative. LeBron. It's all the, the thinking is the yes. same, right? The thinking yes. is the same. Yeah. So thinking, you know, you mentioned a plan um, and staying focused to what that plan is. How many sweet chicks are there today? Um, there's five sweet chicks. Um, okay. And then we have Lil Sweet Chick at City Field. Yep. Um, and we have some projects in the works. So, does it bug you out to say there's five sweet chicks? Yeah, man, it's crazy. Right? It's like it's crazy. I mean, it bug. I mean, that that was crazy. It every day I look at everything, and it's it's just crazy to mm-hmm. me. You know what I'm saying? Because like, you know, I'm still a construction worker, really. I mean, yeah, I bartend and all that, but I was an electrician. Like to me, like you know, my boys I grew up with, most of them they're steam fitters, or you know, my brother's a doorman in apartment buildings. I was a doorman when I was 15. Which, by the way, it's a great. Great profession. job. If you get great that job, job, you're like, we did it. Like, great, it's job. great job. Great right? job. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't knock anything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because to me, that's actual work yep. at times. Like, yeah, we, I deal with a lot of stress and like, I have to pivot and move in stressful situations. But like, I'll go tell one of my boys that I grew up with and they're like, word, yeah, we, we'll play, we'll play a fucking violin for you tonight, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you, you know, as if my problems are, are they're, they're, they ain't shit really. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When, when it's in, great perspective like, to like have they, they, you're like, they're like iron workers, my boy, like I see them post a picture on Facebook and shit, like they're not even on Instagram, but like, <laughs> you know, like they're, they're like on a, on like the hundredth floor of a building, yeah, no, you know what I'm saying? Real, with a harness. Real shit. Like, that's work. Yeah. That's work, man. Yeah. So like, I almost sometimes don't even feel like I'm doing work because my hands 
uh, don't mm-hmm. feel crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and and how did uh, opening, you know, it's a little chick? A little sweet chick, yeah. A little sweet chick in Queens. Stadium. Like, how'd that feel for you? Like, in the stadium, in Queens, like, I mean, is that another moment for you? In that's your a different moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, the five restaurants and opening in LA was also like, a, just like a holy shit, man. We're opening in LA. Like, every time it's always like, wow. Um, but, the stadium is just a different level. Mm-hmm. You know, my father was a huge baseball fan. He was a Red Sox fan. Um, and a bartender in New York as a Red Sox fan was a rough Sheesh. day at work. Yeah. Sure. So um, just like, but it, just a baseball fan in general. So like mm-hmm. to me, it was so like kind of sentimental too, like value. Like when I go to the field, I'm like, it's just like, wow, man. Like I grew up in the city mm-hmm. and like I have a thing at the stadium, you know, like I take my kids to the game and, you know, like, it's just like, it's just, that's a surreal thing that like, you know, I could, I could have 20 restaurants, you know, but having the one in the stadium, is just a different, different look, you know, New York and baseball, I mean, baseball in America, but like, it's a special thing, you know, mm-hmm. the Mets, Yankees and stuff like that. So it, it, it's, it's unbelievable and it's crazy. I, I can imagine the feeling. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a friend, it's like probably like 10 years ago, I have a friend that's in the restaurant business and, um, I had asked him about like opening up a restaurant. He was like, I'll "Give you whatever advice you need, but the only advice you need is don't." I was told the same thing. <laughs> right? No, no, straight up. That's what I was told the thing. Don't do it. So it's no. The I, restaurant business is notoriously one of the, if not the toughest business. Yeah, it is. Right? It Fair is, to say, it is extremely difficult. How has Sweet Chick not only survived but thrived? What's been the secret sauce to Sweet Chick that you can share besides the food? It's yeah. obviously the food's got to be yeah, great. Yeah, of course, right? of like, course. Well, I would say that early. Um, early, I didn't really care about the numbers, right? Okay. Like I didn't, um, you know, obviously I was trying to keep food costs at, a, at the right levels. And, you know, I know, and all this stuff was self-taught, you know what I'm saying? It was Google, you know what I'm saying? Google's my best friend. Like I, there's probably, there should be a quote in my office, as I had said this one time, and Kyle always reminds me of it, where I say like, I'm the motherfucker that will Google the fuck out of Google. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so, you know, that was like college for me really, but, um, I think for me and the Sweet Chick brand, I think the first and foremost was the experience, right? So like we made sure that we were conscious to make sure that like the experience was like the focus, right? The experience was the bread and butter at that time. And we weren't necessarily focusing on everything else, but we were really trying to build this brand and make it just super dope. And then at some point it was like, okay, cool. Now we need to like go back into the guts of the business and make sure it's operating correctly. Cause you could have a great restaurant and your food cost is 45% and it's out the window, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and when that gas leak uh, happened um, in the Lower East Side, it's funny because, you know, I, I was doing my best to keep my staff employed. So we were moving them around, we did the taco spot, but it was still like, it was, it was a challenge, yeah, you know? And sure. um, one of the, one of the, the girls that work uh, in the front of the house was like, like, oh man, you know, I only got three shifts this week. And I was like, yo, we're, we're, we're trying to make it happen. And then I broke it, I broke it down for people a few times and I'll, I'll keep it short. But I was like, I said, you know, when, when somebody comes into the restaurant business and <clears throat> spends a hundred dollars, I said, what do you think? Not, not I make, you know what I'm saying? I said, what do you think that the, all the owner, cause now we have investors. I said, mm-hmm. what, what do you think like the restaurant makes? And she was like, uh, 70 bucks. And I was like, all right, let me let me just break it down for you real quick. I said, out of that hundred, 
maybe you know, 30 to $33 goes to pay you guys, the kitchen staff, everybody that works here. The, then it's like now we're a, a, a brand, so we have a corporate overhead. And let's say like, let's just say $8 is paying all the corporate salaries. Like, you know, those guys over there. I said, you know, if we're doing really great with food costs and not a lot of wastage, maybe like $26 goes to food costs. Four dollars goes to garbage. That, you know this that 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 yeah, that. Goes you know, quickly. Exactly. Hundred goes quickly. Exactly. So I was like, you know, um, if I'm one of the best in the world at what I do, I said, you know, the, the brand makes uh, you know twenty dollars, twenty two dollars. Was her mind blown? Like she was just like, oh wow. So it's like it's tough, and it's like with one of those things goes spikes in a month. Um, you know, your payroll goes a little too high, or or uh, you know, in January there's a payroll raise. You know, I mean, a, a pay raise, which I'm all for. Mm -hmm. I'm down. I'm like, yo, people. I, I want my people to make as much money as possible. Mm -hmm. um, it, which is why sometimes we'll schedule less, you know, servers um, than other restaurants will. Uh, and I actually had that same server that I'm talking about. Um, she actually left, and she was just sitting at the bar before I came here, and she was just like. Um, she, she, she's, she's pursuing something else, but she was like, and that she just picked up another, uh, a, like a part-time shift at another restaurant, like mm -hmm. a decent restaurant. And she was like, she literally just said to me, she goes, it's so hard to work anywhere else. Once you've worked at sweet chick, you get it. Right. And I was yeah. like, that's amazing for me to hear mm -hmm. because it means that we create an environment that's dope. It's not always just about the money, but we create a dope environment. Um, but yeah, I mean, the restaurant business is extremely difficult, man. And um, you know, there's always problems that are going to come up and things that cost money and then an air conditioner breaks and this breaks. It's like, you know, it's, 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 it's tough, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, but I found something I love to do. I didn't know I was going to love restaurants, man. I just wanted to build something. That's half know? the battle. Um, before I get you out of here, I yeah. always, we have a lot of like young entrepreneur, um, types that watch or listen to the yeah, show. Yeah. Um, I always like to leave them with a nugget, right? From yeah, one yeah, of our yeah, guests. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. so for that person, you know, that, you know, young guy or girl that's thinking about starting their own business, photography, restaurant, bar, like whatever it is, what advice would you give? What's a good piece of advice you could give them? Um, or maybe it's a watch out. Hey, watch out for this. Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, for me, I mean, just very top line, um, you know, you, sh you better love what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? And like even with me, like I didn't know necessarily say like I can't necessarily say oh I love the restaurant business, but I love building something and I love you know the intricacies of what Sweet Chick does, right? Like that's why all that stuff kind of relates. But you know, if you want to be a photographer, start this business with that. It's like take a look in the mirror and be like, do I really love this? You know what I'm saying? And and even for like my kids, this is like kind of the advice that I will give them. I think when they get older, it's like you know. If you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life, right? As they say. But if you love what you, and if you love what you do, it's possible that, you know, you'll never work a day in your life, but you could potentially be broke. You know, you may not succeed at it. You know, it's, it's not easy to succeed. Yeah, love isn't enough. In this love world, isn't right? just enough. You know what I'm saying? You got to like, there's some luck, there's some, you know, this, mm -hmm. there's some networking. There's a lot of stuff that comes, to, comes together and a lot of hustle. But if you love what you do, you're, the odds of you succeeding in what you do is you know multiplied by 10 20 100 whatever you can even think of it's like if you show up every day and you put the passion into it and you're like and by all means necessary you're going to get it done that's achievable mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying it's like it's there's nothing 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 pays off like hard work you know mm -hmm. um so i didn't necessarily have that advice growing up i'd somehow along the way figured that out but that's something that i think you know it's it's 
maybe obvious to me now, but it's it, I, I constantly meet young people that it's not that obvious because they're looking at the final product all the time of and course. they don't realize that you know it's not like us tooting like 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 praising ourselves saying like yo it takes hard work to get mm -hmm. there, but be prepared for that. You know what I'm saying? Be prepared for that, and you should love what you're gonna do because. Mm -hmm. You know, you can also get rich by working a desk job that you hate. I mean, potentially, you know, I, I don't know. I know a lot of rich people that are miserable. That are miserable, you know. Absolutely. I mean, you can get rich that way as well. Um, but definitely being, you know, invested and excited. I just read something recently about how, like, you know, the key, like the equivalent of happiness is, is actually excitement. Um, and I think if you constantly find things that excite your brain outside of like jumping off, you know, skyscrapers with parachutes or whatever, you know, like, like adrenaline stuff is uh -huh. different, but like find things that excite your mind. You know what I'm saying? If, if you can excite your mind, you're going to improve and you're going to keep going and you're going to keep being able to just be better every day and, and, and kind of challenge yourself and, and get to that next level. So like excitement is something new even for me at this level where I was like, oh shit, I never really looked at it like that. I was like. Let me find some things that excite me, and it's like go try to attack those. Mm -hmm. and you'll break, you, you know, you'll find new barriers as you get through, and you'll 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 grow. Love it. So, for, last thing before you get out of here, for those people that have been under a rock or eating terrible food, <laughs> give me Sweet Chick locations real quick. Take so a go check out Sweet Chick. So the original locations on uh, in Williamsburg on Bedford Ave and North Eighth, um, Ludlow Street uh, between Houston and Stanton. It's one seventy eight Ludlow. We're uh, up the block from the Barclays on Flatbush and Carlton. Um, Long Island City, Queens, um, on Vernon, Vernon Boulevard, um, Los Angeles, we're on Fairfax, like right across the street from, uh, Supreme, mm -hmm. if you're familiar with them. <laughs> little brand, you heard of them? Little brand, little clothing brand. Um, City Fields, you can come check us and get some Little Sweet Chick. The sandwiches are bomb. We're actually doing Little Sweet Chick, um, all summer at, uh, Celebrate Brooklyn in, in Prospect Heights in the oh, park, dope. but that band shell or whatever, a dope. bunch of shows out mm -hmm. there. So that's pretty dope. Um, you know, coming to a country near you. Excited. Yeah, no. I have to have you back on the show again when that some, happens. Yeah, we got yes. some announcements coming up. Yes. Um, I'd be a terrible friend if I didn't save yeah. you from yourself and say, plug the misses. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm living. My wife is from Trinidad. She cooks for me all the time at home. Yes. But guess what? She can cook for you, too, at Pearl's Caribbean <laughs> in Williamsburg on North A Street. Super bomb there food. There it is. Yeah. There it is. John. Yes, thanks love, for having me, man. I know you're yes, busy. Always, appreciate you, yes, brother. Yes, yes. Right, John Seymour, sweet chick. Peace. Peace.